This is a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. Thank you, Lewis, and good evening, everybody. Uh, it is really good to have you with us for this uh, Vision Sunday. I've got a testimony of how camp changed my life. Can I share it? Yeah. Oh, awesome. So um, I worked out this, well, this week that I've been here for 12 weeks. Wow, yeah, no one's like, cool, you can count, awesome. Um, but, but I reckon this is the longest I've gone before sneaking this story into a message. So here it is. Uh, it was when I got saved. Uh, it was a long weekend in June back in 1995 when dinosaurs roamed um, the earth. Um, but I remember so vividly placing uh, my faith and trust in Jesus for the first time. Someone had just preached about the goodness and the greatness of Jesus. And it wasn't the first time I'd heard it, but it was the first time I'd heard it, if that makes sense. And something in me, as I placed my faith and trust in Jesus, changed. Uh, it's hard to describe how powerful and impactful that weekend and that experience of actually receiving adoption to sonship was uh, with my great heavenly father. Something in me shifted. Where there was emptiness, it was filled. Where there'd been darkness, there was now light. Things that I didn't even know that I was hungry and thirsty for, I experienced for the first time as I tasted for myself and saw and experienced that the Lord is good. And so powerful was that experience, so powerful was that whatever was going on in here, in me, uh, that it felt like it just needed to have some kind of expression that it was so significant, it had to bubble over. Uh, it had to turn up. It had to make a difference. It had to overflow. And one of the first chances I got to do, to do this was the very next morning when we gathered together for a time of, of sung worship, much like we did just then. And so for the first time, I found myself just responding out of this inner life to the beauty and the greatness of God. No one's taught me how to respond in that time, uh, but I found myself tears streaming down my face because I was so profoundly moved by this life and love of Jesus that was now living within me. And I tell you, as a 13-year-old, shy, introverted boy that went to a private boys' school, uh, that was a sacrifice of praise. <laughs> I found myself kneeling, I found my hands raised, and it was just this beautiful overflow of this inner life that was now mine in Jesus. Have you ever experienced that for yourself? Maybe you continue to experience that day by day. The life and love of Jesus made so manifest in your life that it cannot help but spill over, find expression, bubble forth, overflow. I'd love you to keep that in your minds as we go through um, our time together. It is Vision Sunday where we get to set the theme and the direction and just celebrate what we're going to go after together as a faith community. We'll get there, um, or if those who have already checked it out online or spoken to somebody who was here this morning, you probably already know where we're going. But for those who don't, would you turn, please, with me to the book of Ephesians, and we'll lay a lovely scriptural foundation uh, together. Uh, we're going to anchor um, this message in the turning point of Ephesians, which is in the end of chapter 3. Ephesians, powerful book. Uh, in our New Testament, really two halves. The first half, Paul is just celebrating all these spiritual truths um, about what God has done for us. And in the back half, he talks about well, how those spiritual truths should be outworked, um, what should happen as a result uh, in our lives as we allow them uh, to flow uh, over from what is going on inside. 
And we're going to get to chapter 3 in just a minute, but I do want to do a little recap so that you understand where we're going from, because he starts his prayer in chapter 3 for this reason, for this reason. So he's referring back to what he's just shared. He shared a bunch of stuff, and he goes, because of all that stuff, I'm going to pray this prayer. So I think it's probably important for us to get our heads around the stuff that's the reason for the prayer. Is that right? Nodding of heads, in agreement, helps my old man soul. Excellent. So Paul, he writes this letter and he starts this way, this explosion of praise. Praise be to the God and Father of our Lord Jesus Christ, who has blessed us in the heavenly realms with every spiritual blessing. Let that sentence just sink in for a moment. God has blessed us with every spiritual blessing. Not some, not some partially, not some temporarily, but blessed us with every spiritual blessing in Christ. He chose us before the creation of the world. In love, he predestined us to adoption so he can be our heavenly father. He's redeemed us. He set us free, and all of this is according to grace. He goes on in chapter 2 to talk about this great shift that has happened within us as well, uh, that once we were dead, trapped in our old pattern of life, but he's made us new by the mercy and the grace and the love of Jesus. Something has changed literally within us. And he expresses this incomparable riches of his grace and kindness in Jesus And the end of that chapter, he says, well, because of all this stuff, what he's doing is he's pouring out his Holy Spirit into us. This is what God is doing for every believer who places their faith and trust in him. Ephesians 1, 2, and 3, I encourage you to go home and read it slowly, soak in it, meditate on it, memorize parts of it, because Paul is celebrating the great spiritual truths of what God through Jesus, has done in us. And then he goes on to say, and for all these reasons, this is why I kneel before the Father. The observant amongst you might have noticed that there is a jug of water on the table. And you might have thought to yourself, oh no, he's thirsty and he's got a lot of water. He might preach for a long time tonight. (laughs) That's not why it's up here. What I would love you to do is I would love you to imagine that this jug and its contents represent the great spiritual truths that Paul has just recounted in Ephesians 1, 2, and 3 and a half. All the great spiritual blessings that are ours in Christ Jesus. All of the forgiveness, all of the redemption, all of the restoration, all of the Holy Spirit that he loves to pour into the lives of his believers. All of those great spiritual truths are represented in this jug. Can you imagine it? What a great God we worship. And so God, he gives these things to us in order to be poured out into our lives. God's out of his great resources, fills this and places it on the table, so to speak. This is for us. This is our inheritance. More than could ever possibly hope to fill this cup This cup cannot contain it, and yet God has given it to you and I. Gracious gift of God to be received, given to fill our cups to overflowing. It's our inheritance and our birthright 
as the children of God. And so the question becomes then, well, why in chapter 3 does Paul need to pray for our cup? But why does he need to pray for us to be filled with the things that are already ours, that has already been given, that has already been poured into our life? Why does he need to pray these ways? And we, of course, maybe instinctively know the answer to that, don't we? There is often a gap between what is spiritually true and our experience of it how we receive it, how much of it we embrace, live in light of. Does this make sense? You see, over the years, and I'm sure I'm not alone in this, that I've experienced this, this cup, this, this filling of God, to be various levels of full. There are times in my life where I felt my cup is full to overflowing, and I felt the full impact of God's spiritual blessings and the indwelling Holy Spirit and that redemption and that adoption and and all the stuff that bubbles forth and overflows and makes an impact in my life. And there are other seasons in life where, if I'm honest, this cup has felt a little low on liquid, felt a bit empty, a bit dry. Can you relate? Yeah. And we know why, don't we? It's because sometimes we have to reach down and kind of draw on those inner resources as we navigate through life. Maybe you're serving, maybe you're serving on a Friday night at youth, or or maybe you're you're doing great things for God in your school or in in your workplace. You're trying really, really, really hard to be the kind of person that Jesus wants you to be, and that takes effort. It's like drawing down to draw on these great spiritual resources that we have. And as we do that, it's kind of like making a little withdrawal, isn't it? A little withdrawal from that bank, from that well, from that cup that sits inside us. Maybe life goes a bit pear-shaped. It's not the kind of life that we're wanting to be living or the kind of circumstances that we're wanting to be experiencing. They're not the things that we would have chosen for ourselves. Life is hard and we need to draw on, drink from those inner resources so that we can navigate through the circumstances that we're facing. Maybe we sin. We find ourselves choosing the things that don't lead us to God but lead us away from God and kind of has that impact and effect, doesn't it? You know, there are times in my life where, if I'm honest, I found myself needing to reach down and to draw on those great inner resources that God has given me, usually in order to pour out. And there are times where I've I've reached down and gone, there's nothing there. (laughs) There's nothing there to draw on. And so Paul, he prays for the believers then, knowing that all of this is available, knowing that all of this is their inheritance um, as God's given them, that he's given freely and without measure and abundantly. He prays for them, not to just that they know this, but that they would receive this and that they would continually be impacted and filled by it. So this is Paul's prayer in Ephesians uh, chapter three. Where are we at? There we go. For this reason, I, I kneel before the Father, from whom every family on heaven and earth derives its name. I pray that out of his glorious riches, he may strengthen you with power through his spirit in your inner being, so that Christ may dwell, that Christ may live, that Christ may fill your hearts through faith. He's praying, if you allow me to extend the metaphor, for our cups. 
And I pray that you, being rooted and established in love, may have power, together with all the Lord's holy people, to grasp how high and wide and long and deep is the love of Christ, and to know that this love surpasses knowledge. Like, there's so much of it, we can't even contain it. I love those questions from kids, you know, how tall is God? How big is God? How muscly is God? I've never heard anybody ask, how voluminous is God? But uh, it's a lot, and we can't even get our heads around it. And because I think sometimes as Christians, we think, well, well, God has only got so much to give. He's only got so much to pour out. There's only so many people he can fill that much to overflowing. And, and maybe that's reserved for the super spiritual or people who read their Bibles 10 times a day and, and uh, pray towards Jerusalem or something. Uh, but, but no, God's love is immeasurable. It's so much we can't even wrap our heads around it. And why does he pray this? That you may be filled to the measure of all the fullness of God, that you may be filled to all the fullness of the measure of God. Now, this is a, a Baptist church, and quite a number of you in the room are under 18, so I'm assuming you may or may not be familiar with how to make a cocktail. I, myself, as a good Baptist pastor, of course, had to look this up, a little bit of Google searching, uh, and I found, I found that th there's a measure involved in making cocktails. Did you know that? I, I learned that this week. I learned that this week. Uh, there's a measure that's involved in mixing the different elements to make the cocktail. So, you know, the little shot glass, about 30 mils. So you put 30 mils of this and 30, you know, 45 mils of that, and you kind of mix it together and put a splash of lemonade in it, and you think, ooh, I've had a hard day, and you do another measure, uh, and then you shake. Oh, that's all I've heard. All right. And so I think when we think about what does it mean to be filled to a measure, sometimes we think of that in terms of human, human levels. So God, would you fill me to the measure of salvation? Oh, that I would just know that I'm saved and, and that I'm right with you. Or maybe we cry, oh God, would you fill me to the measure of being a good dad, in my case. God, would you fill me to the measure of, of being a good person? I just want to be the kind of person that's kind and patient and, and loving, and people go, you know what, maybe there's something Jesus-y about the way that he carries himself. Maybe sit there and go, actually, God, you know what, I reckon I've got a bit more in me. Could you fill me to the measure of, of serving or, or maybe witnessing um, in my school? What is the measure that Paul is praying for? Is it any marker of Christian maturity or Christian life? What was the measure? All of the fullness of who? God. It is this idea, it is this image of God so completely filling us to full and overflowing, this idea that there is no possible way that our cup could be, could be not anything other than full, right? It would be like taking this little communion cup and going down to, what's your favorite beach? Anybody want to yell it out? Terrigal. Wrong answer, but we'll take it for this sermon. <laughs> I'm an evoker guy myself, that's all right. It'd be like taking this little communion cup down to, to Terrigal, where we'll play your game, uh, putting, putting your feet in the ocean and saying, I want to fulfill this to the measure of the fullness of the ocean. That's the image that Paul paints for us. That's the image that Paul is praying for us, that we would be filled, that we would be immersed, that it would be abundant, that it would be overflowing, not just a little bit in our lives, but right, right, right to the brim and even more till it overflows. This is what Paul is praying for us. And God's love has enough. 
God's love has enough to fill every person for the rest of their lives. I want to say this really clearly. I want your cups to be full this year. To be full and to be filled and to be overflowing. Not sitting here empty when the entire resources of heaven have been given to you, available to you, your birthright, your inheritance as the children of God. Well, I am a bit of a fan of some interaction in my messages. Hopefully you've worked this out. Thank you for listening to me for so long. Here's a question. I would love you to recall a time when your cup felt the most full to overflowing. Uh, Maybe that's too confusing uh, language, so recall a time where you felt the most spiritually alive. Uh, Maybe there was a memory, maybe there was a a season of life. I mean, what were you doing? Who were you with? Uh, I'd love you to actually recall that time, that season, that place, whatever it was, um, where you felt the most full in your life. I'd love you to turn to somebody around you and share, if you're comfortable, what did it feel like? What was going on in you? What was kind of flowing out from you? What was happening as a result of being so filled and feeling full and connected and spiritually alive? Does that make sense? Turn to the person uh, around you. You don't have to obviously share. If you feel uncomfortable sharing, um, as I said this morning, just look intently into your lap and no one will bother you. All right, that was definitely more than two minutes, so hopefully, hopefully the chance to recall that time in your life where you felt the most spiritually alive and remember what did it feel like, what was going on in me and what was flowing out through me. Uh, can some people just throw out, not throw out, yell out, <laughs> keep that memory, uh, yell out, what was it like? What did it feel like? What was happening? It was overwhelming. Wow, that's actually, actually a really good, good answer. Sometimes it can be, just the love of God and what it's doing in our life is just, it's just so much and it's so different. It can actually yeah, overwhelm us. Yeah, beautiful. What about some others? Yes, yeah. Are you feel and you experience that life and love of Jesus and you're just like, man, I'll do anything for your cause. Yeah, I love that. Thanks, Jay. Hot dogs are on the line, people. It's got to be some answers. <laughs> I reckon like a, a pureness to it, like a, yeah, sort of like no agenda, no ambition, just like a like a pureness. Like a pureness, yeah. No, yep, yep. Just we experience God as He is, and there's mm-hmm. le- less of us maybe, and exactly. in that, yeah, love that. Thank you, Lewis. A confidence. Yeah. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, <laughs> Paul prays for me in chapter one that, that the same power that raised Christ Jesus from the dead is living in us. Yeah, you, yeah, some confidence, absolutely. All right, how about one more? So I was going to say, a, a, a realignment with priorities. Oof, oof, you're preaching next week, Pete. That is good. <laughs> a realignment of priorities and, and affections, do you say? Focus, focus, I'll take that too. Affections would have been better. No, uh, yeah, absolutely, you know, it does, it does. As we experience that, it, it, we, we kind of, yeah. 
We want to merge into that. Okay, so follow-up question. I asked you to think about a time where that was the most true in your life, where you felt the most full, when you felt the most spiritually alive. I want you to date that. Put a year next to it. Then to turn to people around. What, what year was that that it happened? Did anybody in their memory say 2023? Put your hand up if you said, said right now, this year. Yeah? Who, who said last year? 2022. Ooh, quite a lot. Oh, 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 two years ago. We've got two years ago. Ooh, quite a bit. Who, who said longer than two years ago? Oh, dude, that math does not make sense. <laughs> Sorry, I got my hand up. I'm, I'm failing the system as well. <laughs> it's funny, isn't it? I, I think we, we did this this morning and we did it tonight and I, I've done it before, but um, when you ask people to recall a time, where they felt the most full to overflowing. The time where they felt the most spiritually alive. Often we have to delve back into the memory banks and it's a past tense experience. When the reality of what is happening is that Jesus is continuing to fill us. That this is an ongoing, never-ending process. Uh, Jesus' words is that anyone who believes in him will have living water, streams of living water flowing filling constantly all the time uh, and that's why I'm really excited this year to press into this together with the theme overflow uh, that we actually want God to be filling us to full and to overflowing that, that we wouldn't have empty cups or, or, or reducing cups but that actually this constant engagement with the God who pours out his love and his life his redemption his restoration his forgiveness his Holy Spirit continually and ongoingly would constantly fill us to full and fill us to overflowing and that it would spill out and it would find expression that it would bubble forth that it would overflow into the way that we love God, experience God, love one another, have that alignment in our focus and our priorities and our affections. A year of pursuing being filled to overflowing, no empty cups. I think that could be a hashtag for this year. Hashtag no empty cups. This is God's design and desire for each and every one of us. You know, uh, a couple of years ago, uh, I was living with a bunch of, of Christian mates in this big share house, a bunch of, bunch of lads, and we're up the Blue Mountains, and um, we'd heard about this place in Parramatta, which felt like it was a long way away at the time. Now I'm like, ah, you just jump in the car, and it's like an hour. Um, but it was an all-you-can-eat Brazilian restaurant. Oh, you can eat Brazilian barbecue. I mean, they're no hot dogs, but I mean, all you can eat Brazilian barbecue. And so we talked about this all the time because we were guys and we were obsessed with meat and meat, bacon, chicken, anything that once was alive, we were into. Uh, and so <laughs> we'd heard about this place, but we'd seen the cost and we thought, ah, oh, it's too expensive, it's too far away. But we talked about this place for about a year. Oh, we really should do that. We really should go together as, as the boys, the housemates. Let's go have this amazing meat-eating experience. Uh, and anyways, one week, one of my housemates comes back and goes, guys, I got a Groupon deal. I got us like 40% off. We should do it. Let's do it. And now is the time. Let's do it. And so I thought, you know what? Let's do this. And so we all bought these tickets. And you had to book in advance, like three weeks in advance, to this all-you-can-eat Brazilian barbecue in Parramatta. And we were going to head down from the Blue Mountains. And it was going to be astonishingly amazing. And I feel really embarrassed and a little bit silly and a little bit ridiculous in sharing this but it changed my life. 
I'm not even talking about the barbecue itself. I'm talking about the anticipation of the barbecue itself. Like, it, it changed us. It, ta- it changed what we talked about. You know, we were just five, six guys going down for this all-you-can-eat Brazilian barbecue, but the entire church knew about it because we couldn't help but speak about it to everybody um, that we met. You know, I started researching, you know, like, what's the best way to, like, prepare yourself for an all-you-can-eat barbecue experience? And it's like, well, you don't want to starve yourself because that like shrinks your tummy. Uh, in, in the, what you want to do is you want to have a normal sort of eating pattern until the day of, and this is just good, you can Google this, but drink lots of water so your stomach expands on that final day so you can fit as much as possible in there. I even did some exercise. Do I look like the kind of guy that likes exercise? No. No, I even did some kind of exercise. So I thought, well, maybe that will increase my metabolism and I'll be able to eat more, right? And I found, this is great, this is the ridiculous bit, it actually elevated my mood in the week's leading up to it. I was genuinely excited, I was genuinely anticipating it, and it genuinely made a difference to my emotional and mental well-being. Such an insignificant thing can have a flow-on effect to our lives that can actually make a difference. The more significant the thing, the greater the impact that it makes. Ask anybody who celebrates the birth of a child the marriage of a friend, the doctor saying your cancer is in remission, and anybody who has been filled with every spiritual blessing in the heavenly places, filled with the very Holy Spirit of God, and you watch the way that overflows to their attitudes, to their behaviours, the way it turns up and it shows up in the way that they conduct themselves in the workplace, the way they behave when no one's watching. Oh, it makes a difference. It turns up. It overflows. And this is the point of this cup. This cup within us, what God has done, it's not simply for storage. If you come over to my house and I put a cup on the table and I, and I fill it with something, it's designed for you to drink in, to, to take in. If at the end of the meal the cup is there and it's still full, I don't sit there and be like, good job. You stored what I poured out into you. Now, the point of the spiritual life is that God fills us to overflowing. That it would spill over, that it would bubble forth, that it would overflow in our lives and in the lives of others. The very next verse, after Paul prays this prayer, he shifts focus for the entire rest of his letter, talking about the way that this inner life with God overflows. And he does it by using these words. So I urge you then to live a life worthy of the calling you have received. That stuff that's been poured out in you, that stuff that God has placed in you, this cup that is full to overflowing, let it overflow. So that's where we're heading this year. 2023, overflow. A year of being filled to overflowing. And we're going to explore in terms two, three, and four and what that looks like in various areas, in, in relationships, in context, in our behaviours. But for the next little while up until Easter, we're just going to explore this. What does it mean to be filled? What does it mean to connect with the source, these, these living rivers that God is welling up within us? And I know you loved it, so I'm just going to do it one more time. Are you keen? Are you keen to overflow? Are you keen for God's life and love to overflow in and through you this year? That was a question, by the way. Yeah, you are. So I'm going to invite you to stand. I'm going to pray over us. 
And God, I want to pray that you would fill us afresh this year. God, that you would fill us afresh even right now. God, I want to pray for those who feel like their cup is empty. It's running bone dry. God, would you once again, would you pour out afresh your spirit and your forgiveness? Would you speak over them of your love and your great mercy? Fill us up till we overflow, God. Fill us up till we overflow. Till it spills out and shows up and makes a difference in every area of our life, from our thoughts to our hearts to our interactions to our responses to our behaviours to our, the way that we witness and share faith with those who don't yet know you. Jesus, in everything, would you fill us up to overflowing this year? God, would you do that for each and every person who calls Narara Valley Baptist Church home? Would you do that in us collectively as a church? And would the overflow, God, would the overflow be felt? And would it bless and encourage and inspire the community that you have sent us in all across the Central Coast? Fill us up, Lord. Fill us up till we overflow. This has been a presentation from Narara Valley Baptist Church, a church that's desperate for God and passionate for people. To continue the conversation, we invite you to join us Sundays at 9.30am and 5pm or on our website at www.nvbc.info.